Hey everybody, welcome to the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. I'm Andy Martinez here, joined by Tony Andraki. And Tony, uh, at Cubs Convention, we got the opportunity to catch up with a lot of former Cubs alumni. And one of the ones that you caught up with specifically was the newest member of the Cubs Hall of Fame, Aramis Ramirez. Obviously a Cubs legend and will forever be remembered at Wrigley Field at the Hall of Fame underneath the left field bleachers. But what were your, some of your takeaways in getting to chat with him? Yeah, this one was pretty cool for me, I think, because um, the first Cubs game I ever covered, the first time I was in the uh, locker room, Aramis had the first scrum. It was late in the 2011 season. It was towards the end of his Cubs tenure, but I remember thinking like, wow, this is like pretty unique to, to be in there. And like, he was talking to a bunch of media and I didn't even ask a question. I don't remember anything that he like talked about specifically there, but it was cool to get a chance to, to talk to him and interview him for the podcast. And it was also great because it was, you know, as you said, like the newest member of the Cubs Hall of Fame, like he, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame and Cubs convention weekend, went in with Kerry Wood, his longtime teammate. And they both just found out about it right before they walked across the stage and you know waved to uh, 10,000 or whatever it is Cubs fans that were there in attendance. So it was cool to get a chance to talk to Aramis and catch up with him about that, but then also to just chat about his career. And he was such an impactful player here. And I would say he would go. He definitely goes down as one of the the most probably five underrated Cubs, maybe even towards the top of that list. He might be like the most underrated Cubs player in history, at least in modern history because he was so great for so long. He had so many impactful moments on, on the field. And it was cool just to have a chance to, to talk to him about that. And then obviously what the honor meant to, to go into the Hall of Fame. I think Ryan Dempster said it best that off the mound, uh, the first night of Cubs convention, we said, Ron Santos is definitively the best third baseman in Cubs history, but the best offensive third baseman of all time might be Aramis Ramirez. And it'd be hard to argue against that, just given the numbers that he put up in his time here. He was really, really, really good offensively. And, and to your point, very underrated. I think when he was named as a Hall of Fame, the newest member of the Hall of Fame for the Cubs, my initial reaction was like, yeah, he probably deserves that. And then I looked it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah. he, he definitely deserves it. So to your point, like very, very underrated, very, very good career that he had with the Cubs uh, amongst some other, other teams that he played. But the, he really made his mark with the Chicago Cubs. Let's get to it. Let's, let's hear more from Aram. Everybody, welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast. I'm Tony Andraki, joined here by newest Cubs Hall of Famer, Ramis Ramirez, here at the Cubs convention. Ramis, first off, thank you for joining us. What was that honor like, getting into the Hall of Fame last night, Friday during opening ceremonies, and finding out right there as you were about to get on? Uh, it was unbelievable. It was, uh, it was a crazy night. Uh, like, like you say, it was a surprise. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, my wife knew, my, uh, my kid knew, my other uh, son knew. And uh, it was just a great surprise, you know. I'm a cop uh, for life, like I said, and it's just a, a great honor to be in the Cup Hall of Fame. What kind of emotions, I guess, do you, did you feel both walking across the stage and now in the 12, 18 hours since you found out? I, I can't explain it, like I said, because it was a surprise. You know, it, it wasn't like I wasn't prepared for, um, but it was it was a great surprise. So I, I can put it into words. Uh, what's going through my mind, how high my, fly, my mind is flying right now. Other than getting inducted into the Cubs Hall of Fame, what has retirement been like for you? What, what have you how do you typically spend your, your time over the last few years here? Um, you mean uh, back home? Yeah, back home, wherever. Oh, Are you yeah, coaching? Uh, or? No, I'm not coaching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm actually, I got my oldest play baseball. He's at uh, 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 college in Miami. And uh, I try to teach as much as I can. Um, just hanging out at home. I like to fish. 
back in the Dominican, and um, I'm back and forth from in Dominican and Miami. You never wanted to get into coaching. That was that wasn't for you after a big league career. I, I don't think I'm ready for. You know, I, I retired to be at home, to be with my family, and, and to do the stuff that I didn't have the time um, to do when I was playing. You know, I, I came up to the big leagues when I was 19 years old. I retired at 37, so um, that's a long time. Um, I came up. To, I came over to the states when I was 16, uh, almost 17. So. Um, Right now, I don't think I'm ready uh, uh, to coach right now. How often do you keep up with the Cubs? Do you watch games a lot, or do you kind of check in to see how the team is doing in the years since you retired here? I'm a baseball fan, and, uh, and the Cubs are one of the things that I, that I follow. Um, not only because I play here, because I know how, the, how passionate the fans are here in Chicago, uh, especially the, the Cubs fans. Um, and uh, I follow every move. I was the happiest man in the world when they won the World Series in 2016. So I'm a Cubs fan, and uh, I do follow the Cubs a lot. What is it like being back here at Cubs convention then and getting to interact with fans face-to-face? -face? It's great, you know. Um, uh, this is, I play for the, for the Pirates. I play for the Brewers. Um, no offense to anybody, but it's not even close, you know. Um, the Cubs convention is unbelievable. They, they're, they're, the fans are really passionate, and they really, really show up. Uh, every single year, you know, it's, just look around here and, uh, and there's cup fans everywhere, cup fans around the city. I went out to, to have dinner last night with uh, my agent and my family and uh, there's cup fans everywhere. You know, they, they just come here for this convention. You rank seventh all-time in Cubs history with 239 home runs. Like, what does that mean to you that this is such a historic franchise? Obviously, it's been around for so long. To rank in the top ten in such an important category like that, and do you have a favorite home run of those 239 you hit? Uh, I'm going to start backward here. Yeah, I do, I do have a, a favorite home run. Uh, uh, my grand slam and uh, against the Marlins, you know, uh, the playoff, that's my, my favorite uh, home run. And uh, uh, what was the other question? Uh, just what does it mean to you to rank in the top 10? In, oh, with, in oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a... Uh, like you say, you know, it's a franchise that's been around for a while, over, over 100 years. A lot of players come through, uh, put that uniform on, and for me to be ranked in the top 10 in homers. And uh, being a Hall of Famer, you know, I don't, I don't know how many Hall of Famers they have, but I, I think they're less than 10. That's uh, an honor. A lot of Cubs fans, I'm sure if you pulled any one of them here, the trade that brought you to Chicago in 2003 from Pittsburgh with Kenny Lofton has to rank as one of the best in franchise history. What was it like for you to be traded? And just what was that whole experience like joining the Cubs in the middle of a playoff race then? That was a fun part. You know, I was, uh, I was at Pittsburgh uh, since 98. Never been close to being in the playoff in the penalty race. Uh, when I got traded to Chicago, we were in the middle of the penalty race um, with uh, great players around me. You know, Sammy Sosa, uh, Moises Salou. You know, a lot, a lot of good players around me, good pitching, Woody, Pryor. Um, so I, I say to myself, and I got, I got to turn my game to the next level. I got to contribute. And that's what I did. I just want to contribute, and uh, we did make the playoff. What was your impression of the Cubs before you came here? Obviously, playing in Pittsburgh, you were in the division. But what was your impression like of either playing at Wrigley, Cubs fans, and just the Cubs in general? And how did that compare once you were traded here? I always say that it's an honor to, to play at Wrigley Field. You know, uh, uh, as a visitor coming to Wrigley Field, 30 plus thousand people, 
every single day, day games. Um, I was a big fan of day games. And uh, when I got traded here, it's like a dream come true, because uh, not only because we had, a, we had a really good team, but it's a great city um, and a great place to play baseball game, Wrigley Field. You said you were a fan of day games. We've heard that from a lot of former players, that they were a fan of the day games here at Wrigley. But we've also heard a lot of like the day games make it difficult to play. So I guess how do you kind of marry those two concepts? Like, Why did you like playing in day games? And do you think there's too much made out of, hey, day games are more difficult on players? I, I, well, I think everybody's different. Me personally, I love day games because uh, um, it's hot. It's the hottest time of the day. You know, it's cold here. And, uh, in Chicago in April and May. Uh, and also, it gives you time afterwards to do, to do stuff with your family, you know, with your kids. You can take your kids to dinner uh, and, and to the zoo. Do, do some stuff with your family. You know, you play night games, you can, you can, you can, you basically, your whole day is baseball. You get to a park like around two, you play at six, seven. Uh, afterwards, you can do anything. It's 10 at, me, uh, 10 at night already, so, uh, I think that against to get you a chance to do stuff with your family afterwards. When you came over in 2003, when did you realize that that was a special team here in Chicago and that they were capable of having a, a really deep run into October? Uh, like a week later. Okay. A week later, uh, I saw what type of, especially the pitching. You know, we had uh, Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor, Carlos Zambrano, uh, Matt Clement. That's a really, really good starting rotation. And that's what gets you to the playoff and deep in the playoff as a pitching. In 2003, in that NLCS, game six, like we all know how things went against the Marlins. But for you playing in it, what was that like? Were you surprised at how quickly things kind of spiraled in that inning? I was. Because we were, we were the better team. You know, I think uh, the Marlins just got high, but we were the better team. Uh, we had the better pitching. We had better offense. Uh, we have five guys that hit over 30 homers. I don't think the Marlins have one. So uh, they just got high, and I was, that shot me. That game six after that play, uh, it turned everything around. I don't want to blame it on that guy, uh, but it did turn everything around. What was the mood like in the dugout coming back from that eighth <laughs> inning? Like, what, what were you guys talking about, or were you guys not talking at all? No, it was, it was just a quiet place. It was a quiet place, and uh, we were just uh, 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 try to put it behind and, and, and keep playing. You know, we had to finish that game, and we had to get seven the next day. So we can we cannot put our head down, and uh, we just try to put it behind and keep playing. What was the mood like going into Game Seven? Then you know you have Kerry Wood on the mound. We know he hit that big home run and stuff too. But what was the mood like after a tough Game Six loss to kind of rebound and get back into Game Seven there? Like I say, as a baseball player, you can do nothing about what happened in the past. You know, we're looking forward. Like you said, we had Kerry Wood, uh, one of the, uh, the best pitchers in the game at the time. So we, we feel like we had a good chance to win again. Did you guys talk much about the championship drought when you guys were here? Was this something that was on your mind at all? I mean, there was something that obviously fans were very aware of, but I don't know how much you guys discussed it. We don't really talk about it much. We heard about it a lot. Yeah. But we don't talk about it much. As a player, like I say, uh, you can only you can only control what you can, and and and, uh, and that's playing the game. You can't control what happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's that day, that night. That's the only thing you can control. You said you were one of the happiest fans or happiest people when the Cubs won in 2016. 
Do you remember where you watched the World Series, or specifically for Game 7? Do you remember where you watched that and just how you felt when it all wrapped up? Yeah, I was back in the Dominican with, uh, with some friends. And, uh, and that was actually a great game against Cleveland when they won it. Uh, they came back a few times. Cleveland came back a few times. And uh, I actually got shield watching that game. And I never had that when I was playing. <laughs> so as a fan, I got more excited. Was there a part of you that was bummed that you weren't a part of the team that finally ended that championship drought? No, not really. I mean, I was happy for the guys that they were at that team. I was happy for the fans because they deserve it. They were a long time to celebrate. You had a flair for the dramatic when you were here with the Cubs. You had you know, a bunch of walk-off hits, walk-off homers. That one against the Brewers in particular, do you remember that one and, and just how, I think it was the 2007 season, like how impactful it was? And we had Mike Fontenot on the podcast here at Cubs convention last year, and he has a framed photo now of him crossing home plate after <laughs> that home run. But like, do you, do you remember that moment? And like, can you take us through a little bit about how impactful that home run was for you? Uh, that, was, that was a great, great moment on that. On that, on that season because uh, we were in the pennant race with the, with the Brewers. And uh, that was one of the best closers in the game, Francisco Cordero at the time. And we were down, I think, two runs in the nine, and uh, we came back and won that game. I hit a walk-off homer of a really good friend of mine, Francisco Cordero. He's a really good friend of mine. Uh, we live like five minutes away uh, each, from each other in the Dominican. And I think that uh, we take cover after that. I think we run the table after that. We won the division by like eight games, I think. And that was, a, I think that was a turning point. What is it like to hit a walk-off home run as, in the big leagues? Like for those of us like me who will never experience that, can you explain the emotions of connecting on that ball and then rounding home plate and being mobbed by your teammates there? I don't think you can explain it. I mean, uh, um, I think every single player want to be in that situation. Um, and when you come through, that's a special moment. It's just, you just side it. You just, you just put a W on, the, on, on your team, and uh, you basically put your team on the back and say, okay, here we go. Uh, um, I'll take you guys home. In 2005, you made your first All-Star team. Do you remember that experience? Like, What was it like for you to, to go to the All-Star game, and what about that season do you think you were able to put it all together? Um, that was my first All-Star team, like you say, 2005. I went, I went out there with my, one of my best friends, Moise Salou. Uh, he was with the Giants at the time, and uh, he, he trying to guide me through because he has been in the, an All-Star before, great experience. Uh, I was a starter, and uh, something that I will never forget. And also in 2005, Derek Lee had that epic season. What was it like to have a front row seat for what D. Lee was able to do that year? That was unbelievable because I, I was I was in, right behind him the whole season. And uh, I know he was a great player. I played play, uh, against him when he was in Florida. Played season here in Chicago 2004, but in 2005 he just, he took off, he, he took his hand to the next level. What was Lee like as a teammate? One of the best I ever had. Uh, every time I, I saw him, I told him that. Uh, we were here in Chicago a few months ago, um, and I, I always tell him, you know, he's a, just a, a gentleman, a, a real nice guy. Did you have a favorite teammate when you were here in Chicago and played? Or some Man, of your favorites? There was a lot of a lot of a lot of good good teammates. But Dilly's up there. Uh, he's in the top of my list. So in 2015, uh, as you were wrapping up your career, you were on the Pirates. What was it like playing against the Cubs in the playoffs in that wild card game? Was that weird for you? That was weird. Yeah, that was weird because uh, I didn't start that season with the Pirates. I started with the Brewers. I got traded uh, mid-season um, to Pittsburgh, 
And uh, I know it was a really good chance because we were at the pennant race uh, for the division into the last eight uh, with St. Louis. They won the division, so I'm like, okay, we have to play the Cubs. <laughs> but the Cubs won, and uh, uh, they had Jake Arrieta. He threw a complete game, like, I think three hitter, uh, and they deserve it. What was it like facing Arietta that year? I mean, he was on another level. He was on another level. He was really, really good. You can, you can basically, it was seven or eight, and it's automatic that season. And uh, I think that he won the Cy Young that year. Just a great, great, great season. Last one before we let you go. Of all the memories here in a Cubs uniform, what do you think was your favorite? It, doesn't, it could even be last night getting into the Cubs Hall of Fame, but just what stands out to you and what's something that you will share with your kids and maybe grandkids someday? Uh, last night, it's <laughs> on the top of my list, you know, being a Cubs Hall of Fame. That means they really uh, they recognize uh, the hard work that I put in and uh, the consistency that I, that, 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 that I brought every single night um, to the field. Um, but I think every time we made the playoff, we celebrated, we, 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 we spoiled champagne all over. I think those are my, my best memory here in Chicago. Ramos, thank you so much for joining the Cubs Weekly Podcast. We appreciate having right. you on. Thank you. Appreciate that. You've got the jersey, the ball cap, the foam finger. Everyone can see you're a Chicago Cubs fan from a mile away. Ready to take your look to the next level? Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Cubs debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust Cubs checking account. With no monthly fees, free ATMs nationwide, and a $300 bonus when you open your account. Start showing your Cubs pride with every purchase. Sign up at Wintrust.com Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the Cubs Weekly Podcast. Great conversation with Aramis Ramirez. Tony, what was your favorite part of the conversation you had with Aramis? Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts for sure was him just talking about Derek Lee and what it was like to see that 2005 season. I mean, for me growing up in this area here I, in Chicagoland, I think the 2005 Derek Lee season goes down as one of the best seasons in Cubs history. It was just such an awesome year to follow, and Aramis had this front row seat. So to be able to talk about it as his teammate and what D. Lee meant to him, and you know Lee is right over your shoulder in a Vine Line photo for anybody watching the video version on the app. Aramis is right over my left shoulder here. So it was kind of cool. You know we have Aramis and, and Lee up here, but they they were part of the middle of the order for the Cubs for many years there in the mid 2000s. Obviously the 2007 2008 teams were awesome I mean, the 08 team led the national league and runs scored it they just weren't able to get it done in the playoffs but to hear ramas talk about watching in 2016 and just uh the emotions that he felt as the seeing the team win and then you know a little bit of disappointment never being on the team that was able to end this championship drought i thought those were some of the main takeaways that i had from it and then also like i didn't even realize until doing research for this and kyle who's you know part of our social team and did research here he, Aramis's last at-bat in the major leagues was against Jake Arrieta in the 2015 wildcard game. Yeah. He was part of the Pirates at that time. So it was just cool to like hear that perspective of like what was it like to face on the other side, not only the Cubs in the playoffs, which is weird, but also Jake Arrieta. So I just thought that was like so cool to, to hear all of that different stuff. Um, and, and Aramis has so many stories. I, honestly, we probably could have gone on for a lot longer. Yeah, it's almost short book in a way, right? The last great Cubs team before that 2016 team was that 0708 and he was part of that core and he ends his career basically like kind of almost passing the torch to that 2015-16 yeah. team so a little poetic in a lot of ways but but very very cool we have plenty of interviews with other cubs alumni coming out throughout 
uh, the, the rest of the coming weeks. We've got Brian McRae, Giovanni Soto, just to name a few. And we've also got a previous one that we that we put out with Ben Zobras, the 2016 World Series MVP. So make sure to check it out wherever you subscribe to your podcast or on video form of the Marquee Sports Network app. For Tony, I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in.